This week on The Bubble. Wienergate 2.0, Snapchat, Instagram, and the future of photo sharing. And what does your neighborhood say about you? Every day I'm hustling, 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 hustling. Every day I'm hustling, every day I'm hustling. Welcome back to The Bubble. That's right, we have a new name. Uh, I'm Javier Stealth. Uh, with my counterpart here is, is Jose Hazard. Hola. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, if you guys have been following the news, Anthony Weiner has made a, a reappearance uh, in what I'm calling Wienergate 2.0. Is it Wiener or Weiner? Uh, well, he's both, right? Uh, <laughs> he he's back in back in the news and not for anything good again, which is unfortunate. He announced his candidacy for um, the New York mayoral race, and this 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 new stuff can't be good. good no, for, for but that. what is his alter ego? It's it's Carlos Danger. <laughs> Danger. <laughs> which is why we have our names: Javier Stealth and Jose Hazard. Uh, yeah, there's a, a really cool um, uh, Carlos Danger name generator on Slate.com. Uh, <laughs> if you need a uh, alter ego on um, Formspring or Twitter or anywhere else where you like to send lewd photos um, of yourself to 22-year-old girls. I think Javier Stealth might be my name I use tonight at the bar. Uh, hey, what's your name? I'm Javier which you really really believe looking at me, but I think it's pretty Jose, awesome. Jose Hazard. <laughs> uh, but anyway, so the the gist of it is that um, the reports have come out that um, more lewd conduct and illicit messages between Wiener and some other um, women have come out. And some of these had occurred after uh, Wiener Gate 1.0. Yeah. So, you know, he, he didn't get the picture. He didn't, he didn't learn from his mistake. No. And uh, apparently uh, his polling is a little soft right now. <laughs> <laughs> I think it came out yesterday that this couldn't get any better, the naming of this whole thing. Anthony Weiner and the female he was corresponding with, her name is Sydney Leathers. And I think the way this came about was she was a huge fan of Anthony Weiner. Uh, for his huge speech on healthcare about the 9-11 victims. Uh, we actually have a clip that. Should we just play that right now? Let that yeah, roll? Yeah, So uh, if, if you're unfamiliar with Wiener, he kind of gained some um, notoriety um, when he was still a, a congressman uh, for in New York State uh, for his kind of sticking up for a bill to give health care to the heroes of yeah, 9-11. Yeah. We'll just give this a quick play for, for our listeners. And every single day where members say, we want amendments, we want debate, we want amendments, but we're still a no. And then we stand up and say, oh, if only we had a different process, we'd vote yes. You vote yes if you believe yes. You're- Pretty awesome. <laughs> yeah, he, 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 he kind of lost it and, and attacked a lot of the Republicans who, who voted no um, on this specific bill because of of, of process and and kind of got a lot of you know good good public um, you know favor for standing up for what he believed in and then kind of threw everything down the drain when it found out that he was uh, you know messaging young women on Twitter um, you know the the DM fail <laughs> <laughs> thinking that it was a direct message and actually just tweeting out to all for all the world to see um, you know pictures of his, so of, awesome. his uh, of his crotch. Uh, but this time, Carlos Danger um, is messaging. What is her name? Cynthia Leathers. Sydney Leathers. Sydney Leathers. 
You know, I think the biggest uh, the biggest surprise here is that he was using form spring. I, I thought Mike was the only one that actually used that. <laughs> <laughs> but um, you know, saying stuff like. I quote, I must have come thinking about you and looking at you a hundred times. How does that make you feel? Gross. And I turn you around and bend you over the back of a chair. You're blank asking for it. So, you know, he's, he's kind of a dirty guy. He's got a really sick mind. Do you think that, does that change your opinion on him? Would you still vote for him for mayor? I think it's hard to. Knowing all these explicit things that are happening, uh, becoming public, I think it's hard to vote for him for mayor. But I don't think, I want to hear your thoughts on this, but I don't think what you do in your private life necessarily translates to how well you are in public office. Yeah, I think there's, I agree with you. I think there's this kind of, this this really kind of tough, um, uh, you know, struggle between his public persona, which is, which, you know, he, he doesn't hesitate to stand up for what he believes in. You know, he went out of his way to um, to make a point uh, to all the Republicans uh, during that. Um... <laughs> the gentleman will sit. The gentleman is correct in sitting. Yeah, so he, he went out of his way to, to make sure that he got his point across and and that 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 the Republicans would understand that that um, that this bill needed to be passed. So I think that as an advocate and as a um, as a representative, he he can be great, but. It's a little troubling. I mean, I think we, we saw a little bit of this in San Francisco here with our former mayor, Gavin Newsom. I mean, who's kind of a party boy and kind of a womanizer. Uh, hadn't done anything as illicit as, you know, sending these kinds of messages uh, and sending pictures of his crotch and and telling women on form spring that he wants to gag them yeah. and bend them over yeah, in front of a mirror. Totally. So I don't know. I mean, I think I think. A lot of you know the best thing I've ever I've ever said about politicians is that you want you want your representative to have really good judgment because they're they're representing you and your interests. So yeah. this is kind of it's kind of really shows that you don't have, you don't have the best judgment if you're doing something like yeah. this. And and just in politics in general, your opposition is just this is great fodder for them. Absolutely. I mean, I think Not your own party and the other party. People are saying this might have implications for Hillary Clinton because his wife was the body man or body woman for Hillary Clinton when she was Secretary of State. Right. Right. So you just use this in any way you want. Yeah, and I mean, it's really hard to take him seriously. Um, you know, trying to advocate for something serious when. Yeah, any opponent of his could just bring up. Uh, Have you seen House of Cards? Carlos, Carlos Danger. Yeah, yeah, I love House of Cards. I feel like this is a real life House of Cards. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, I think. I mean, this is a little dirtier than the House of Cards, though. So, I mean, well, he just went overboard. I mean, he went overboard, but uh, Frank Underwood took those pictures of. Sorry, spoiler alerts. Uh, if you guys haven't, you might want to tune out for the next thirty seconds. Took the takes the pictures of Zoe Barnes. As and collateral. now he's got that collateral for yeah. season two. And that's going to mm-hmm. make a reappearance. Right, right. Uh, in this case, she's holding the collateral because I think he asked her to hard delete the, <laughs> yes. the, the, the chat messages. What's the quote? Yeah, the quote actually is great. It's, um... <laughs> it says, can I have some help to, to Sylvia? Is it Sylvia Leathers? I keep messing Sydney, it. Sydney Leathers. Sydney Leathers. And she says, yes, how can I help? And he says... Do me a solid. Can you hard delete all our chats here? <laughs> yeah. All the software I use has hard delete on it. 
Uh, I don't use it if it doesn't have hard delete. I don't even know what hard delete means. Like, what do you, what do you, what does that mean? It, it's a term you use when you DM fail and send pictures of your dick. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you think there's things called hard delete? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think you can hard delete anything on Facebook or or Formspring. We're giving Formspring a lot of pub here, actually. This is kind of uh, all, the, all the chats are about Formspring. I mean, I didn't know people used Formspring for for this purpose. I didn't even know what people used Formspring for. Well, there was an anonymity function. Okay, uh, so okay. he he was hiding behind the, the Carlos Danger and and using that. Uh, it was also a younger user base, so she, at the time, was she 20 when this was going on? She's 22 now. Yeah, wow, yeah. So, I mean, the biggest, the biggest, the most troubling part about this is that many of these messages took place after Wienergate won. And, I mean, I yeah. think that's, I mean, I think that if you want to get back into politics, you got to put, you know, the kind of immature, um, you know, chatting and, and sexting kind of aside. I mean, especially on public forums. I mean, yeah. What's in it for her? I mean, she, I mean, she probably likes the attention. I mean, it's someone powerful, and they, um, they, they, she said it fizzled out. Do you think that there was promises made to her that didn't come to fruition, and now she has this trump card? She can play fifty days out from the primary in New York. Well, that's that's an interesting thing. So you. Um, so what did he promise her? Did he? He, he was saying he was going to buy her a condo in Chicago. And that obviously never happened. So my theory is she got she got all pissed off, or she's trying to become rich, and she doesn't have that much money, and she's using this to to kind of play her trump card and, and get some money. And so she, so she, I could be completely she wrong. She leaked these these messages to the media yeah, again. Yeah. So and they weren't they weren't public. These were these were anonymous. Right. Okay. Uh, yeah. So so she's trying to maybe get her uh, you know fifteen seconds of fame. By by leaking these to the media, she loved him as a politician. Though, gotcha. she's a blogger and writes about politics and the Democratic Party. Do you think maybe she's really heartbroken that this happened again? Or I think I think she that, I think maybe it's a, kind of a, a Monica Lewinsky situation where I mean I think this is you know this you know this kind of press even though it kind of um, you know hangs her out there. Is good for her career. I mean, yeah. she's she's just she's you know just trying to you know get famous as a blogger, and I mean this kind of stuff can't hurt. What about that thing you sent that just came to light? Uh, JJ Reddick. Yeah. So uh, so kind of um, kind of uh, similar, I guess. Well, it's a public person, you know, trying to trying to cover up some impropriety. Uh, Deadspin uh, released an article yesterday. Um, about J.J. Reddick, former um, star uh, guard for the Duke Blue Devils yeah. and Orlando uh, Magic, um, I think he's on the Milwaukee Bucks now, or yeah, you know, one of those, one of those. T- I mean, he's 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 kind of like a journeyman in the NBA. Hasn't really lived up to his college hype, but he was he was a uh, a Naismith nominee in in in, um, in college. Really, really good player, known for his um, you know deep devotion uh, to the Christian Church. Oh, and, I didn't know that. Yeah, and um, it came out yesterday that uh, JJ Reddick signed a contract with a woman and model named Vanessa Lopez, an ex-girlfriend of his, who apparently um, was pregnant with with one of his children. Yep, this is back in two thousand seven, and Reddick signed. A contract 
whereby this woman would have an abortion and he would pay her off or um, continue to pretend that he was in a relationship with her for for certain reasons. I'm this is this is really bizarre and you know I, I've never heard of you know as a lawyer I've never heard of an abortion contract. Um, I don't even know if that something like that could be upheld. Um, but Dead's been leaked, you know, this, this letter, um, between his attorney, Reddick's attorney and, um, and him discussing how the terms of the agreement would go. I mean, this is, this is, this is really kind of deep. It's kind of messed up. Stuff. Yeah. It's super messed up. Two lawyers had to draft this document. It's an actual legal document. Right. Which is pretty crazy. And, um, you know, I think that probably at the time, J.J. Reddick did not want a girlfriend of his having um, having a baby, you know, because because of his persona as a as a as a Christian who doesn't believe in premarital sex. I mean, this was kind of, you know, bad for his 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 image. So it, it, I guess it does make sense that that he he wants, you know, he wanted to, to cover cover this up. But. To go to the lengths of, of signing an agreement where she would, would she would, um, you know, end her pregnancy is is a, kind of dark. It is dark. It's very and something dark. I don't really want to cover on the show. Yeah, I, I don't want to get there either. I mean, I think we just kind of want to touch on it <laughs> because you know I think a lot of a lot of public figures you know go to great lengths to cover their improprieties, and I think that you're you're. You're held to a higher standard, so I think that you have to to watch yourself more carefully. You know, Mike, you and I, we're nobodies. We could get Not away yet. with anything. Yeah. So, but you know, if you're JJ Reddick or you're Anthony Weiner, might want to watch what you do. Yeah. Uh, so does the Snapchat kind of transitioning now from uh, our our pop culture news section to more of the tech side of things in, the, in our show? Does Snapchat prevent prevent this from happening? I think that's a fair. It helps. It helps. I mean, I think that I think that if Anthony Weiner had a Snapchat account two years ago, um, at the very least, there'd be a couple screenshots, maybe of his crotch, potentially. But yeah. you know, he could he could easily just have been receiving Snapchats uh, from from his lady friends, um, and you know, kind of bypass a lot of this, a lot of this, a lot of this crap. Um, yeah. Uh, why don't you why don't you tell us why don't you tell the crowd what Snapchat is for those yeah, who don't for, know? For the listeners that don't know what Snapchat is, is a messaging service on your smartphone that lets you send pictures, videos, a little text back and forth to your friends, and they have an expiration time of ten seconds or below that they can view them, and then once they view them, they're gone forever. So this would be great for, for Wiener, right? It takes takes a dick pic, sends it, and Done. Yeah. However, you could still technically take a, a screenshot. Yeah. I mean, and I you get alerted. It's it's so Snapchat is kind of I think gotten a bad rap, right? I think initially when it came out, most people kind of dismissed it as just a way to to be able to sext with your friends. A lot sext. of people did, but sexting is a whole nother. We could spend that whole nother segment on that. Because it was happening before Snapchat on text messaging. Yeah, it was. It, it was, was happening, but 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 pictures kind of. If you if you sexted, um, you know, if you send a picture of your crotch to your girlfriend, 
um, you know, she had that picture forever. It was on her phone. She could yeah. save the picture onto her, on her photo library. And she could use that against you if you guys broke up. Yeah. I mean, I think sec, you know, sexting on Snapchat enabled people to kind of send something ephemerally and kind of not stress about what, where that picture was going because unless, unless that person, you know, took a screenshot, that picture was lost forever. And when I first, I, so it's funny, I, I, heard, I heard about Snapchat actually um, on a college campus last year. I was visiting my, my younger brother who um, was a sophomore at Colorado and I went out there to visit him uh, for a football game and I saw a couple of his friends sitting around the apartment looking at, look like looking at their phone and, and I was like, of yeah. walls. no, they, actually they, they, <laughs> they were, they were, they were just looking at random, you know, snaps and I, you know, I had to ask them what that was and they told me about Snapchat and, and, the, and I think one kind of smart thing that, that Snapchat did was that they didn't kind of have a, a traditional tech publication push. They kind of grew organically um, amongst college campuses. This is just like Tinder. We talked yeah, about this last week. Right. Tinder did the same thing. Right. And so, you know, I think that a lot of my little brother, you know, the 20-year-old, you know, college crowd and his friends were finding out and using Snapchat before, you know, the Silicon Valley, San Francisco tech crowd. And it really allowed it to grow virally as a way to communicate without kind of the the kind of fear of judgment that a lot of um, social media provides. Um, so I think I think that Wiener would would I mean I think Wiener if he's not on Snapchat now he will be pretty soon because <laughs> it'll enable him. Fool him once, shame on him. Fool me twice, shame on him again. And then, <laughs> oh man, You're, I guess the point is if you don't want pictures of your dick being leaked online, don't send them. I think, I think that's true. You, 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 let's say you use Snapchat. And even if someone doesn't screen capture or take a, a snapshot of your dick on Snapchat, I can still take my iPhone, take a picture of my iPhone, and have it. That's true. If it shows up on a screen, there's some way to capture that image. Right. And I think, I think that um, Snapchat, as it is now, I mean, I, I've never sent a... Um, you know, a sext on Snapchat, but I use it every single day. And I think that there is a huge place for it. I mean, it's, I mean, what's its latest valuation right now? Uh, $800 million. $800 million. They raised 73 million. Yeah. In 73 million in funding, you know, from 200 some, million snaps a day. So from, from uh, benchmark capital, uh, Bill Gurley uh, was the lead investor. I mean, these are, this is the kind of heavy hitters of venture capital that are, that are that are investing uh, and banking on on Snapchat. So this is this is I think a kind of a a big seismic shift in the way that people are going to communicate um, with their phones. I completely agree. I think it's the most kind of real form of communication you can have with your friends. Yeah, it it, let, it lets so you know. It, but because, why? Why? I'm, I'm just curious. Why? Why is it not? Uh, I guess we do text. This is just you can send careless pictures and not care. So, so what I what I've told people who have tried to sell on on Snapchat just to to be able to communicate with them is that I don't I don't put it in the same category as Facebook and Instagram, which I consider social networks. Yep. I think that Snapchat is a communications medium. Yeah, it's a utility. It's a utility. It's a way. You know, its competition is texting, right? And um, you know, I think that. 
texting got a lot better when you were able to when you were finally able to send multimedia text messages, mm-hmm. right? With 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 uh, with pictures. Yep. But I mean, with, with the Snapchat, I can send a quick little video of what I'm doing um, to a, a, a big a big group of friends. <laughs> you know, I'm at I'm at a ball game, right? Is this picture worth? posting on Instagram or on Facebook or is it worth even sending a text to a friend um, or should I just send a quick little snap and everybody knows what I'm doing. I can't upload a picture from my photo library so they know that it's live. They know it's happening yeah. in real time. You know, it's essentially like a, a live a live way to communicate. Yeah, they really hit the nail on the head with the product. It's Camera is blazing fast too. They don't have the little aperture thing. Right. Uh, they have a patent on if you hold the shutter, it takes a video. Oh, they have a patent on that. That's a patent. Oh wow! So that was a huge thing. Is the three founders are kind of in this battle of whose idea Snapchat was, and they're in litigation right now over there was the two founders and someone else who kind of got booted out of the company. Right. Right. Uh, so was, you know, it was his idea. For the disappearing images, and I'm not sure. I think he filed a patent as well. Gotcha. Yeah. So I think the history of the of the company was that it was started, you know, by three guys in, at Stanford, and one of them, the the guy who actually thought of disappearing messages, and I think came up with the original name of the company, which was Peekaboo, mm-hmm. hence the ghost on the yeah. on the app logo, yeah. um, is no longer with the company, and I guess was was kind of booted out of the company. Yeah. And so now he's coming back kind of in a, in a, um, I guess, uh, kind of Facebook way, um, coming back and suing he's the other two founders, the uh, Winklevossing. You kind of look like the Winklevossing. Yeah, right? Have you been yeah. told that before? Oh, definitely. Okay. Uh, so yeah, so I mean, I think, uh, Snapchat has all the signs of a, of a kind of a major success. It's funny. I actually tried to get my, um, uh, my mom on Snapchat. Um, <laughs> she she downloaded it, but she hasn't figured out how to send a snap you could, yet. You could have a Snapchat fail too, just like you have a DM fail. Yeah, I you mean, could send a picture of something gross or weird or whatever yeah, and well, send it to the wrong person. And, yeah, and I think that they have a. I mean, the product is still kind of has a ways to go. I think in terms of of, of user interface design. I mean, there aren't really any groups. I mean, if I want to send a Snapchat to you know, 25 people, I have to go and individually click on every one of those people in my, you know, kind of Snapchat, um, uh, contacts list. So that's, that's a little annoying. I think that the the product has a, uh, a lot of potential. There are already a couple, um, uh, imitators on the market. Oh, I'm sure. Um, that'll never get any traction. Nope. Facebook tried, Facebook tried to knock it off. What was it called? Poke? Poke. I downloaded that. We, I think you and I exchanged we, we maybe one it. poke. Uh, I think I used poke before I used Snapchat because I was like, all right, now it's time to check it out. Right. And it just doesn't have the same network effects as Snapchat did. Um, it, it, it's really all about the network, right? I mean, a social, yeah. a social, a social application is nothing without a network. I'm not going to use an application no. if my friends aren't on it. I can go have an engineer and knock off Facebook tomorrow. It doesn't mean people are going to come and use it because X, yeah. Y, Z. It's it's the reason why I don't use Path, which is I think one of the one of the best designed applications on the App Store. But I don't have any friends that use it consistently. Yeah. And so what am I going to do with this application um, um, where, where none of my friends are on? You know, it's 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 the network. Yeah. Getting but, getting back to Snapchat now, uh, and let's let's hit on why you you don't want to post. You're at the ball game. You take a Snapchat, but you don't want to post it to Instagram. 
or Facebook? Why is that? You know, so, so Facebook and Instagram, Twitter, uh, to some extent, um, LinkedIn, you know, these are all kind of public facing, um, social networks. Yeah. And I feel like we have an image to, to maintain on all of them. I mean, Instagram kind of started as a, uh, a fun kind of artistic medium of expression where you could post cool pictures, but essentially now it's become a more distilled, um, more judgmental version of, of a Facebook, right? Yeah. Like, I mean, people, people, uh, post on Instagram very purposefully and, Oh, it's, I think it's all about bragging what you're doing right it now. Is. I know, we're all guilty of it too. We're guilty of, of, of being like whores. Uh, oh, yeah. excuse my language. You know, I mean, the, I mean it's, it's usually look where I'm traveling, look who I'm with, look what I'm eating or look what I'm doing, uh, right. is, is what it is. And it's it's kind of a shame, but I we mean, saw this article that Instagram is now the most depressing social network due to the smug photos we post. Because I'm looking at your feed, Corey, and I'm like, man, Corey's in Hermosa Beach this weekend, and I'm sitting at home, sitting on the couch eating a pint of ice cream. I'm thinking my life sucks because I'm looking at all the stuff you're doing. Yeah, and I think um, you you mentioned a, an interesting way to put it. It was that we we. Um, we tend to compare um, our perfect self. Your internet or, self. Or, yeah, our internet self. Um, we compare our, our real self, which is our internet self, our, our Facebook and our Instagram, but it also has all of our lows, right? Our, you know, when we're constipated or our, sick, our girlfriend well. is driving us crazy. Work shitty. Work sucks, right? So, you know, our life as a whole is what it is. But you never post that on Instagram. You're not saying no. uh, 20 people got laid off at work today and you're taking a photo of that. You're saying team outing at AT&T Ballpark right. uh, and you're taking a picture of that. So so as an individual, we, 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 we know our own self, but we only see the internet self of our friends. And that internet self is vacations, traveling, artistic pictures. And so we're, we don't realize that they have all those problems as well, but they're only posting the highlights. And so we're, com- we're, we're, we're comparing their highlights with our entire life. Yeah. And, and that's, that's essentially what's making us unhappy. And, you know, there's, this, there's a great article um, that you mentioned that, that basically says that, you know, Facebook kind of um, pioneered this kind of self-loathing and depressing nature of, 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 a, of a social network, right? You know, with um, posting pictures and um, status updates and check-ins. Yeah. And, um, but, but in many ways, Facebook is, is, is many other things too. It's also, um, you know, Spotify songs. It's, you know, Farmville. <laughs> it's it, articles that your friends post online. And then there's also the photos, yeah. the check-ins, etc. So it's not nearly as depressing because Instagram's all photos. But Instagram is all of the stuff that makes us really, really depressed about Facebook distilled <laughs> into one. It's super clean, concentrated, clean newsfeed, <laughs> right? And so the quote uh, from this article is that out of the many activities Facebook offers, the three things that correlate most strongly with a self-loathing screen hangover are basically the three things that Instagram is currently for. Loitering around others' photos, perfunctory liking, and broadcasting to a relatively amorphous group. So you're you're broadcasting to a bunch of quote unquote friends, right? I mean, because 
Instagram now is essentially like Facebook where mm-hmm. you have a lot of kind of fake friends. I mean, friends, acquaintances, whatever you want to call them, but not, not your real close group of people. And you're bragging to them. Yeah. You know, you're, you're trying to, you're trying to show off, right? You're, you're going to, you're going to post a picture of a cool happy hour by the water and a cocktail, yeah. but you're not going to post, God, I hate my life. My boss is such an asshole. <laughs> it's so true. There are a lot of dog and baby pictures too on Instagram. There are. That's bragging though. A lot of food shots. A lot of food. A lot of art of coffee. What's that called? Latte art? Yeah, latte art. Yeah. You know, I I um I consume more Instagram than I than I than I produce. Uh yeah, what think- what is your photo sharing look like in terms of how many snaps you take per day versus Instagram shots versus Facebook uploads versus uploading maybe to Google? Um that's a good question. I so I probably send like three to four, nah, that's probably too many, two to three snaps a day. Okay. And that's just any random thing, right? Like uh, if my walk to work, I, I, if I see a cool, uh, some cool graffiti art, I'll snap that. Or if some friends are over and we are just hanging out, I might snap a picture of that and send it to some mm-hmm. other friends. Uh, I don't want to, I don't need to put that kind of stuff on Instagram. I don't need to create a, a permanent record for all of my friends to look for all time of like a random piece of graffiti art, unless it looks really cool and, and hip yeah, and mean, artistic. It looks like you have some of that. I'm just looking yeah. at Instagram right here. You have uh, family members, then Lake Tahoe with a bunch of girls in bikinis and then a fixer upper and the mission. Yeah. So, I mean, I, so with Instagram, <laughs> I think I maybe post like once a week, if that, yeah. um, I used to post a lot more, but then once it kind of gained the traction, once my mother joined, essentially, like I have this, I have this kind of, um, this like benchmark for, uh, for social networks. It's like, I have a bunch of family, uh, some cousins down in Southern California who are, you know, they all have iPhones and I would say they're like average tech savvy, Mm -hmm. right? Like they were kind of on MySpace until about 2006 or Mm seven and then when Facebook kind of like blew up, they joined Facebook. Yeah. And so when they join a net, a social network, I know that it's kind of like time to get off, not time to get off, time but to like wean yourself off of it. time to start weaning myself off because now it's gained the traction of like, of like the average American. And you don't want that. No, it's just, I'm not going to just post very freely because like, for example, my, a good example is Tumblr, mm-hmm. right? I don't have any followers on Tumblr. So I, I end up posting a lot more on Tumblr because, yeah. because I feel like there isn't that like societal pressure and, and judgment from all of my friends and acquaintances. So there's a inverse relationship to the amount of people in your network on the network versus how much you post. Right. And I mean, what, what about you? I mean, what do you No, I, I think that's a great point. Uh, on Tumblr, I might write a blog post or four. I, I had maybe four followers, but... It's cool. You think there's room in the mar- in the marketplace for like a, a journaling app? You're just kind of writing thoughts down, yeah, sharing so pictures, I or I don't really use. Yeah, I use Tumblr as kind of like um, as like things that I like to remember. I use you know that app that you recommended last week on the bubble. Um, uh, <laughs> if I if this thing oh, that, yeah. so I use that, and I have a couple recipes where um, if I post a picture on Instagram, it'll push to my Tumblr. Um, if I post an interesting article on Flipboard, it'll push to Tumblr. 
And so, and then on this other cool app called Supply that has um, kind of cool men's um, men's clothing and yeah. men's kind of interest stuff. Um, if I want something on Supply, it'll push there. And so, what it ends up happening is it ends up being kind of like a, a personal pinboard for me of like things that I like. Yeah. And then occasionally I might like put a thought down there. Um, but yeah, there's no there's no judgment there, and I don't, no one knows my Tumblr, and it's, I like it that way. Uh, because I mean, with Instagram, you know, I've got, I've got like two, three hundred followers, and a lot of them are just acquaintances that I don't need to have, you know, knowing every, you know what I'm doing every single day. And I think with Snapchat, I can easily pick who I want to see certain pictures. Do you Snapchat with anyone that you don't know? No, I think that's popular with uh, teen, young teens. They just well, how do they find these people? Uh, so in your Instagram profile you might say uh snapchat snapchat username and you'll put your snapchat username in there so people can send you snapchats or you might say hey this is my kick is that k-i-k is that how you say yeah yeah kick kick. my kick username so you can message me on here there's a lot of ways for you to message these people you don't know so i think what the one kind of equalizer of uh snapchat um is that if you take a if you take a screenshot of someone you know uh, sending you a snapchat it alerts the sender yep. that you've taken a screenshot. Yep. So, you know, in a hypothetical scenario, if your girlfriend sends a nudie pic of herself to you and you take a screenshot so you can keep it forever. There should be a lot of fallout there. She's going to get pretty <laughs> angry at you because she's going to know. However, um, Gizmodo last week or a couple weeks ago kind of figured out that on iOS 7, Apple's new uh, software update that's due out this fall – if you take a screenshot of a Snapchat using um, using the home button and the power button, pressing them both at the same time, under under the new software, uh, that will not alert the other Snapchat oh. user. Um, and the reason is um, the alert system on iOS seven has changed, and, and 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 screenshot notifications are not, I guess, part of the of the of hmm. the of the of the software. So that's a little tweak, I think, that hopefully, you know, Snapchat can kind of figure out because I think in a situation where you can take screenshots without alerting the other person, yeah, yeah, we, you know, you could be in, in, in for a lot of trouble. Um, but I love Snapchat. I love the way, it, the, the, you know, where it's going. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm much more open to Snap. You know, I was on a vacation recently. Yeah. And I hate those people who go on like a cool vacation and are just like, Blasting Instagram. Blast, blasting Instagram. Like, oh, look, I haven't posted in like six months, but I'm in Iceland now and I'm, <laughs> uh, you know, posting a picture every two hours about how awesome my life is, right? But now you're just blasting your friends saying this is how awesome my life is on Snapchat. Right. So I'll, I'll send like 10 friends, like yeah. I was in like Tahoe a couple weeks ago, and, you know, I had a really great time. The weather was great. We were at the beach. You know, and I, I sent a lot of snaps to certain people, and and it's funny. When I got home and I, I talked to my brother, and and he and he was like, "Hey, how are you?" And I was like, "Great. I just came back from from Tahoe." He's like, "I know. I saw all your Snapchat, <laughs> right?" And so it's cool. I mean, it was it was a communication device. It wasn't. I wasn't bragging. I was filling him in, and he kind of felt special because with Snapchat, you get it individually. For the last couple of minutes, we have on this segment. When you go on your, your vacations and trips with groups and friends, what do you use as your primary photo sharing application now? The big thing for Facebook for me is 
I don't have, there's no high res photos and yeah. I love having high res photos and it sucks. I understand why they do it. They want to, for you to be easily able to upload, you know, low bandwidth photos and, and resize them. But what are you using these days? Yeah. So that's interesting. I mean, I, I, I think Facebook is a great company and I still use the product every day, but I really don't, I don't contribute to Facebook very much. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't post many pictures. You're a I don't, lurker. I haven't, yeah, I'm a lurker. Um, and that's just kind of a byproduct of how big my network, where network has gotten and, and the inability for me to like really manage, um, um, lists, uh, effectively on Facebook. I, I, yeah. I just find going on Facebook not enjoyable anymore. Yeah. It's, it isn't. I, mean, I still Instagram, check it every day. But Instagram's more interesting. There's nothing interesting really happening there. Um, and so I don't post pictures on Facebook. I, what I, I actually really like Google plus, I mean, if you can believe it or not, um, for their photo sharing um, capabilities, yeah. I think that they have high res photos, uh, a really good photo editor built in into the network. Um, it's integrated well with Gmail, and it, almost everybody has a Gmail account. So yeah. if even if you send us, I don't think Anthony Weiner does. <laughs> I think he had an AOL. I think he's using AOL. Anthony Weiner at at Hotmail or is it AOL? I, I think it was AOL. Wow. So I, I'm definitely not voting for him now. <laughs> So yeah, I, I like Google Plus for that for that specific reason. I, I create lists of people, you know, like family, and just send out a blast of you know these twenty five pictures, and I know that only them are going to be able to see them, and they can download them in full quality. And even if they don't have Google Plus, it integrates with Gmail really, yeah. really easily. That's great. What else? I mean, what else is out there? I don't know. I'm looking for a solution. I've been recently for for trips and holidays and sharing photos. I'm using Dropbox. Yeah, I mean, I feel like Dropbox is nice, but it's still kind of, um, we have a listener outside. Yeah, we do. Uh, (laughs) Dropbox still kind of just feels more like a utility. Like it isn't, I mean, it's, it's a sharing utility, but, but like Google plus has that with a couple of additional features. Like I need um, to check it out. So one of the coolest features and and I'll, I'll show it to you, um, you know, after, after this segment is, um, this auto awesome feature, which mm-hmm. is really cool. Um, essentially if you take like four or five, um, pictures in, I think it's five in a row, right? So if we're, if, if I'm taking a picture of you or your girl, like I'll take two, three, four, five pictures to make sure I got the right one. It recognizes that all of photos were taken at the same place around the same time of pretty much the same subject. And it like auto creates a GIF for you. And, and it's really neat. And I'll show you. Oh, that's um, cool. Yeah, I'll show you kind of like an example. Um, Wait, it's GIF. It's GIF. No, so the founder said it was GIF, which made everyone in uproar. And then someone else said, no, it's actually GIF after that. Okay, so, and we'll talk about this briefly. <laughs> the reason I say it's GIF is the word gin, okay? You have a gin and tonic. You don't have a gin and tonic, okay? So, Gin, GIF, F-N. It's a very similar word. Very similar My whole world is upside down if it's called GIF. What? It's not fucking peanut butter. Well, that's, well, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So, so check out Google+. Plus. Yeah, uh, I, I, like, I like it. For, I, I need to check it out. Uh, I'm going to try what you told me to do and auto-upload them. Yeah. Uh, and it's, it auto-uploads them to private, correct? Right. And do it on Wi-Fi only so I don't eat through my data plan or my battery when I'm out out and about, but when I'm at home, I'm the network plugged in. I'm going to try that out. That sounds great. And, you know, use Snapchat. It's not just for sexting. Like I told you, I'm trying to get my mom on Snapchat. Um, another cool feature is... But you said once your parents kind of get into the, the network, then your, your, your post goes down. No, the, because it's not a public network. 
Okay. Um, right? It's 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 an still, asynchronous opt-in sending. Yeah, and it's kind of you like want, if you, you post want, an update to Facebook and you say I want it to send to these people. There's no there's no lurk factor. That's that's the key, right? Yeah. Because there's no there's no public facing profile on Snapchat. I don't have a profile on Snapchat. No, you're, Nobody can go like you have a user ID. Oh, what is it. yeah? What is what is Corey up to? And go look at my profile and then look at all these pictures of mine and judge me, right? It's all real time, and it's only if I choose to send it. I have friends on Snapchat who have never snapped because I don't care to share with them. Yeah, like I, you know, I they're right. right they might share with me, but I, I have no interest in sharing with them. So that I think, makes a good point about the real time nature because I've noticed that. People I Snapchat open the Snapchat within eighty percent of them probably open it within the first five minutes I send it to them. Right, they open it right away because exactly. they know it's real time. Uh, it's probably something kind of interesting or funny that you're up to, and there's not a chance to, to do it again. Is this is this your gift thing or just? Yeah, this is so like so. Check out these pictures. Right, we took a couple pictures yeah. in a row, and then look, it created oh, an auto awesome gift. That is dope. Yeah, just a little couple. Like, I mean, Google Google's engineers are amazing, and um, and I think that they're really long on social, and they understand that if they if they give a solution, you know, that makes it really easy to share albums of photos. I mean, people don't albums are kind of going the way of music albums, right? Like, which is a shame. I, I like albums. Uh, I do too, and I like I like music albums. What as I'm well. actually most excited for is the iOS seven. Uh, photo contributor albums. Right. So if I'm on a trip with a bunch of people, we all have a lot of different pictures of different perspectives, and I just want to be able to have all those photos with me. We could talk about this all day, guys. We could, we could let's, talk about uh, this. Let's, let's move on. Um, our last topic... Um, we, we I do want to talk about Snapchat's business model at some other point, too. Like, yeah, how are they going to make will. money? We will. We, we maybe will. we'll have a business model section for, yeah. or, or for one of those. We'll follow up maybe next week. Um, they have a lot of interesting stuff. I think they're going to go freemium to start... Um, and kind of offer up a lot of different in-app purchases to kind of make make the experience a little bit cooler. Yeah. Um, but we'll, yeah, we'll let, see. Let, let's 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 table that for now. And uh, we're gonna finish up uh, today's show with a really neat post uh, that Apartment List, a startup here in San Francisco, uh, that's kind of um, trying to. Um, Dethrone Craigslist as as the as the place you go to search for um, it's apartments. It's gonna be a hard task. Very hard because, like we just said, network effects are everything, and Craigslist has network effects, and that's what they have. And we're gonna, <laughs> we're gonna quickly so so Apartment List launched this really really neat um, uh, app. We don't have a lot of time to talk about it, but it's called Roommates, and essentially Roommates is Tinder for um, <laughs> for finding a roommate. Yeah. Which is pretty cool, right? We talked about Tinder uh, last week, and I love the idea, right? I mean, I think that you can put down interests. You know, uh, you're interested in hiking and waking up early and cooking, and you put a picture of yourself through, you know, that connects through Facebook, mm-hmm. and you know, you're 29 or you're what? You're 25. Uh, 25. Yeah. 25, and you know, these are the neighborhoods that you prefer to live in. And, and now, now potential roommates can like swipe through and say yes or no. And if, if you match with someone, then you guys should start talking. And, um, along with the launch, they, they listed this pretty awesome, uh, blog post about the typical San Francisco roommate. And I thought, I thought we would share with uh, the audience, um, a little bit about this cause I thought it was pretty neat. And, 
kind of characterize the city well. Um, Yelp also did something similar that I have pulled up where they took a heat map of the city based on certain keywords. So you can say, uh, show me all reviews that mention hipster or PBR or bacon, and it's spot on. So what would you – okay, so let's look at some of these. So right. it, it characterizes these neighborhoods by, um, by, by kind of what they are. So the mission, like what would you – I mean what, what, is, what is that? What, 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 do you, what do you think of when you think of the mission? I think of the mission as the hipster hotspot central, uh, a lot of like artisanal cocktails and, and dinner and food. Arti- artisanal cocktails, exactly right. Good coffee, being, <laughs> being snobby about coffee over here. They, you know, on this on this gentrification side, too. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the picture of this guy is on a fixed wheel. He's on a fixed wheel uh, bike. Um, it says that they probably find them in Dolores Park, taking pictures of graffiti, drinking PBR, eating Ike sandwiches, <laughs> and then shit that they say, is this coffee fair trade? <laughs> I think that's pretty accurate, right? Yeah. I mean, if you look at the Yelp thing, I have this on my screen right now. It is, if you look for hipster, it is a red, dense honing missile right on the mission. I mean, it's funny. A lot of people say that if you are in a city – and you're looking for a good restaurant, if you just type in hipster into Yelp, then you'll find all of the, the neighborhoods where the best restaurants are. Um, True. And I think that, that there's something to be said about that. I mean, I think that the mission is kind of like uh, Williamsburg in New York. Um, what's that part of town in Chicago? Um, God, where is it? There's that really cool bar. It's right by the L train. Um, the L train runs south. Well, it looks like West Loop is the... Yeah, so there's a neighborhood right by West Loop. God, what is it called? Um, I don't know. Um, in LA, it's Echo Park um, and a little bit of Silver Lake. Those, those New York are... is, is straight Brooklyn. Yeah, right so Brooklyn. Well, yeah, Brooklyn. So Williamsburg has kind of gotten so... So yuppie hipster that it's kind of moving over to um, uh, Greenpoint, which is a little farther out in Brooklyn, a little bit okay. uh, less gentrified as of now, still cheaper. Where where, would, where do you like to live in a city? I've lived all over in San Francisco, so it, you know the list goes on. In the marina, um, they say that you could probably find them in Fort Mason playing cornhole. <laughs> High-fiving each other at Balboa Cafe. <laughs> Shit that they would say, yeah, bro, totes, probs, avi, marina girl says, bro, amigo, Tahoe. <laughs> <laughs> so, the, so The marina gets a bad rap. And it's a horrible rap. It gets a horrible rap, but it's the cleanest neighborhood. It is arguably the safest neighborhood. It has a lot of great food. So the marina, I think, is... is um, Whenever I walk out of the 16th Street bar stop, I feel... So the Marine and the Mission are kind of like two polar opposites yeah. of the city. And I think that people who identify with one of those parts of town... Just hates on the other really one. ...really hates the other one. And the reason being, I think, is, you know, it's a classic kind of like the the artist kind of finance guy divide, right? Yeah. Like we have, you know, the... The, the designers are living in the mission and the sales guys are living in the yeah. marina. And um, in the mission, they're, you know, they're wearing skinny jeans and drinking coffee. And in the marina... They're wearing chubbies. They're wearing chubbies. They're, what else are they doing? They're, um, they're, they're drinking... Um, 
strawberry fields at, at, <laughs> at Tipsy Pig. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, but you know, I think that like I'm not one of those people that that firmly identifies with either part of the town. You know, it's tough. I, I actually enjoy I actually enjoy going out in the mission more, but the mission is just. I mean, in terms of like attractive women, if you're a single guy, it's not the best place in town to go out in. No. And I think it's subjective. I think I kind of prefer more missiony type girls, but there's so few of them. I mean, like you go into a, a bar or a restaurant or a coffee shop in the mission, and it's like 80% guys. Yeah. And it's I a think bro that fest. It's, a, it's a bro fest. And I think that the marina is definitely uh, one of the few parts of town where. Um, the girl-to-guy ratio is closer to 50-50. Whereas the mission more resembles the workforce in in the tech scene. Yeah, exactly. Um, And, you know, the rents in the mission have skyrocketed. I mean, the place is gentrified, but it's still got a ways to go. But rents are almost almost the same as as that of the marina or other parts of town like Pacific Heights. Uh, Some of the other funny... um, uh, generalizations that apartment list makes is um, uh, like the lower hate um, the average occupation would be like a social media manager at Airbnb <laughs> or a weekend Lyft driver and what does could, it say about Soma? Uh, this is actually pretty funny um, so I live in Soma um, and and they, they, they kind of they kind of poke fun at and so Soma has the highest average monthly budget, by the way. I mean, places are, I mean, this, this is an expensive part of town. Um, occupation, founded some startup that you've never heard of. Or <laughs> <laughs> some podcast you've yeah, never heard of. Exactly. Pro- you could probably find them padding their clout score, uh, telling their friends on path about it, and wearing happy socks. <laughs> and their secret spot is? The cream ring. Their condo's hot tub. (laughs) (laughs) We're probably going to hit that up in five minutes, which is the best part. And shit that they would say, let's take an Uber to my condo's hot tub. (laughs) You used that last week, didn't you? I've definitely used that line. Uh, But anyways, I think, um, you know, I think that uh, every every big city kind of has their Soma, you know, the newish part of town with high rises yeah. and their mission with the artists and the, oh, the totally. best coffee. Yeah, Lincoln Park in Chicago is the marina. Right. Okay. All the frat guys and frat Absolutely. girls and food and it's really beautiful close to the water. Right. And so, I mean, it's, you know, I think that it's, uh, it's all those places. I, I don't, I don't really get people who kind of, um, you know, begrudge other, other neighborhoods like, yeah, I don't you know, that at you all. Know, people that hate, cause I, you know, I, I like hanging out, you know, all parts of town. I do feel a little old for the Marina. The Marina is a little younger and, yeah. and fratty. Um, so I don't, I don't, I don't make it out there as much as I used to, but I like to experience all the different neighborhoods though. I, do I, I like to have a home base, but it's fun to go check out na- other neighborhoods and interact with people in those neighborhoods. And speaking of, speaking of uh, home bases, our last one here before we get out of here, uh, North beach, where I lived for three years. Um, where I currently live. Yeah, when I when I was Mike's age, I used to live in North Beach. Um, so the the uh, the north the, the average occupation of a of a North Beach resident would be a, a junior associate of corporate equity mergers and acquisitions <laughs> at Goldman Sachs. So true, so true. <laughs> and you could probably find them leaving the corner bodega with some Peroni and a girl named Candy. I think that happened to Todd one time. <laughs> <laughs> and their secret spot 
is 15 Romolo on a weekday. 15 Romolo. Romolo. Have you ever gone there? Yeah, it's a cocktail bar. It's just like, uh, what's it called? Rick House or Bourbon and Branch okay. or any of those spots. It's a cocktail bar. Okay, cool. It's cool. All right, well, um, I think that wraps it up. Uh, yeah, we're trying to get a little bit more concise with our shows as we go on. Do you have any food for thought or anything uh, for our, our listeners? Um, food for thought. Oh, yeah, we talked about this uh, today. Uh, so kind of piggybacking on uh, last week's topic about Uber, um, I tried their fare splitting, yeah. and it's pretty awesome. We, I used it last night. It's great. Yeah, I love it. I think... You know, I've, I've put Uber on my um, on my front page of applications. Um, Lyft is still, you know, in in the mix, but I think this the fare split really kind of it's um, a game changer. It's a game changer, and so I, I really, you know, I think that with that combined with lowering their prices, um, you know, try it out if you haven't used it. It's super simple. If if both you and your friend have used Uber before, it's um, a no brainer. It, it's a no. I mean, it, we it, had six people in the mission last night. And we ended up getting split up, but we were just going to take an Uber SUV home and fair split that thing. Why not? Yeah, why not? Because uh, before, no one was going to, you know, that had been a $40 SUV ride, but with six people, it would have been like, hell yeah, let's do it. I mean, to be fair, I mean, with, with apps like Venmo or PayPal, you could you could pay back people pretty easily, but this is just one yeah, one step. One step. Really and you also feel kind of douchey and cheap when, you know, I get an Uber from my place in the marina and it's 15 bucks. I'm like, wait. Hey, can you guys can you guys each give me three dollars? Right, but you this know, way it's this like this way it's all taken care of and everyone's all on board. Right. Um, uh, what about you, Mike? Any food for thought? I was thinking about this today. You know, for all those folks going out to networking events or to the bar this weekend, uh, one of the one of my favorite lines that a good friend of ours traveling in France right now always uses and converts really well is uh, go up to someone and ask them if, if khaki is a, a color or a material. And I like that. That'll be a great little intro, and you can argue about it. Maybe just take the stance, take the opposite stance for the person. I think says. it's both, right? Well, I don't know. We could argue. This no, I think it's definitely that. a color. It's definitely not a material. You can get khaki as a paint color at Home Depot. Can you? But what are khakis than pants? Then they're just cotton pants, right? So, like black cotton pants, you wouldn't call them khaki. You call them you? slacks. Slacks, yeah. Like, okay, so take khaki pants and make them black. They're not khakis anymore, right? I don't know. So think about that this weekend. I like that. I like I like that. That's a good that's a good uh, opener. Yeah, that's a great opener. I think maybe next week we'll share Matias' little trick for paying for drinks at the bar. Okay. Um, all right. Well, um, good show. Have a great weekend, you guys. It's been a pleasure. Uh, this is the bubble. This is the bubble. We'll see you next week <laughs> with uh, with <laughs> Javier Stealth and Jose Hazard. Signing off, Jose and Javier. Every day I'm hustling. Every day I'm hustling. Every day I'm hustling. Every day I'm hustling.